Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Listen to this. This is the tape I found downstairs. It has been a number of years since I began excavating the ruins of Kandar with a group of my colleagues. Now my wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian ruins, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. From the gnarled woods of Michigan to the sun-kissed skyline of L.A., we are Halloweenies! You said, I hope you understand when you read this letter that you're better off without me. Comes around me in stormy weather. Stormy weather. It always surrounds me. Greetings, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, deadites. What do we say for Scream? Movie lovers, movie buffs? I can't remember, but my name is Dan Kurtzman Caffrey, and I am here in the KNB lab. I'm rigging up some prosthetics. I'm trying to figure out how to get this tube through my leg so it can pump blood to the arm that's going to get cut up for the chainsaw. It's a big old challenge. I don't know how to do it. I am, of course, talking about the special effects for the Evil Dead series. We are going to run down our 10 favorite effects from the series tonight. But I'm not the only technician, I don't know if that's the right word, but a craftsman will say here in the K&B workshop, uh, if I'm Kurtzman, I gotta have uh, I gotta have a Nicotero and the other guy too, so who do I have, um, I can't just say in Chicago, who do I have who has an X-Files poster behind them uh, ah, right now, who's in the workshop with me? A fake shimp, Justin Gerber, and yeah, you know, after seven years of special effects, makeup, grad school, I do prefer to be called a technician, so I, I appreciate that. You did yeah, it that's, right. That's great. You know, you can't, there's lots of debate around uh, the classification, the terminology. At the end of the mm. day, what we do is art. So let's call ourselves <laughs> artists. Artists. <laughs> I'm like, not even, I, I mean, I did a lot of research for this episode, but uh, I, I'll, I I'll do one better. Yeah, artists. Artists. Oh. There we go. There we go. Right. Yeah. But we also have a third technician here in the K&B workshop. I almost said way to workshop just now, which is, uh, of course, Peter Jackson. Well, oh, we're yeah. not making orcs today. We're making deadites. Uh, but who, yeah, who, who else do I have here with me who's going to talk about our 10 favorite effects tonight? Well, I'm glad you actually mentioned Way to Workshop because uh, we are actually sponsored. At least one of these episodes this month is sponsored by uh, a movie that is uh, working with Way to, which is The Tank. So that's exciting. You know, hey, how about some crossover there? Who, who knew? I think you say we're sponsored by the Way to Workshop. <laughs> oh, no, we, 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 we aren't. But one of their products for sure. But uh, clearly this is Michael Marketing Rothman. <laughs> I was going to go with Michael Creepshow Rothman before I started to do a pitch for uh, the, the new film The Tank. Decided to go with uh, the, the the old um, marketing Rothman because that's who I am. But uh, anyway, excited <laughs> to be talking about effects. I, I I love to get blood on me. I love to get guts on me. Uh, actually, none of that's true. Actually, you know here, that is true because um, if when it comes, I'm OCD. I'm a hypochondriac, and when it comes to germs, I I'm not very averse to you know the blood and guts of it all. I but if someone you know shits their pants, I run for the the, the hills. So uh, I was going to ask what what does get under your skin if not blood? And oh, guts, just and filth. You just answered filth. that. Absolutely filth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, not even you, like not even throw up really. It's mostly just it's strictly just when I say filth, I mean uh, fecal matter. So yeah, that's the stuff that oh uh, Jesus kills me, kills me. Yeah. Hey, Mike, quick question. Is the tank about a uh, Ben and his family accidentally unleashing an ancient long-dormant creature that terrorizes yeah. the entire region, including his own ancestors for generations? Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Justin, because it is exactly that. That is the synopsis for the tank. Cool. I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really great. Before <laughs> we're even getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about Tank great. Girl? You ever see Tank Girl? Anyone? Yeah, just missed My uh, ex-girlfriend was obsessed with that movie, uh, had it on VHS, and um, I think she always threatened to play it, and I had never watched it. And then I think later on in, in cooler alternative circles, when people would mention Tank Girl, I'd be like, yeah, that movie rules. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I, I remember never seen XT. it. I will say the little Halloween's Dominion, though, because do you know who directed Tank Girl? John Carpenter. 
You got it. No, it's uh, Rachel Rachel Talalay who directed Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Oh, how about that? Interesting. Oh, wow. Welcomes back to the Halloweenies. I've never seen Tank Girl. I remember my dad had a copy of Film Threat, and that was on the cover of it. And it was the first time I had seen Film Threat, and the first time I had seen Tank Girl, and the only time really I've seen Tank Girl because I've never seen Tank Girl. I know it was a comic book. There's there's hey there's some special effects in that movie. You mentioned the kangaroo uh, iced tea guy. Is he like a mutated kangaroo or just a Dan? I'm not and, sure, but I can tell you right now. <laughs> when it comes to that film, there'd have to be a threat for me to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably yeah. gotten cult classic status. I'm sure point. we've got the actually Tank yeah. Girl is the best movie of 1993 or something like that. You know? <laughs> I'm waiting for that article to drop. Where did uh, hey. Lori Petty, the League of Their Own? She was good in that, and um, also in um, she's in Point Break too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. She's also in Bates Motel, the Bud Court starring um, psycho TV show spinoff from the late 80s. Not the oh. new one, not the no. one from a few years ago. I always get Lori Petty confused with Ann Bobby from Nightbreed. I have no idea why. They're not that mm. similar, but I think they're just I... 90s actresses. But the name... same, same eyes. Mm. Yeah, like, well, actually, wise. Their names end with wise. Oh, <laughs> eyes and wise. <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. As as we say in the show, we've already gone off the rails. It's like a that may as well be our our one of our other sayings for the show, not just the trick or treaters dreamer slogan. Because we are not here to talk Tank Girl, we're not here to talk a League of Their Own, we're not here to talk Bates Motel, we're not even here to talk Nightbreed, which we have talked about on this show before. We are here to talk Evil Dead as a franchise, specifically the special effects. So just a really quick rundown for how we determine this. We have ten slots, ten coveted slots for the ten. Best or favorite special effects in this series. And, you know, we're talking claymation, stop motion, prosthetics, what have you, whatever we wanted to rank. I think we, ju- we just did the movies, right? Not, not, no one include any TV show uh, instances. I was um, thinking about including the TV show, but for me it's the movies that, that stood out. But Yeah, I have one honorable mention for the TV show that I can mm. throw in there. It'd be fun. But, yeah, I, I had to take it out once I started thinking about the remake also. So. Yeah, yeah, the remake the has some excellent effects. Would you guys, because I still haven't watched the TV show in its entirety, would you say the show lives up to the quality of the movies in terms of special effects or is it a little, a little bit lower? Those are a lot of great special effects, especially if I feel like they went more practical in the mm-hmm. second and third season, Mike. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are some incredible sequences. Like there was one in that I had, yeah, it gets middle of my list. And I had I took it off when I was thinking about some other ones, but um, just really gross uh, like yes. s- sequences in this, and one that uh, would certainly uh, parallel what I was discussing about my own fears uh, recently oh, yeah. with the fecal Ooh, matter. Yeah. So um, I don't want to spoil anything, but are you referring to the scene where an ash goes through somebody's asshole? Uh, absolutely, that would be the one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. the so asshole sequence. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that one. Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. <laughs> um, well, so here's how it worked. Uh, we all chose five of our favorite effects from the series. And to be honest, there was quite a bit of overlap, which meant that we Mm. were on this list able to include everyone's choices. So we have a lot of overlap, and then each of us had individual choices that also made it onto the list. Nice. Which was to be expected, I suppose. I feel like the, I mean, you'll see when we get there, listeners, but a lot of the top dog effects, I feel like, are pretty universally seen as the standout sequences among the series. So excited to dive into this. And so once again, this is including uh, all four of the movies, um, not Evil Dead Rise. Now, wait, you guys have not seen Evil Dead Rise yet. I know the Chicago screening is... We're 24 hours away from seeing it in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So Nice. So yeah, I didn't include that, although I'm sure the effects will be something to write at home about. By the time that people hear this episode, we will have seen it. That's true. Yeah, I know that's you're, true. In, you're in yeah. a time warp. Yeah. Much like Rocky Horror Picture Show, maybe another dimension, much like you see in the Evil Dead series. So let's get right into it then. I'm just going to leap in with number 10. And uh, that is, I'll affectionately call it the Pit Bitch, Pit Witch scene from mm. Army of Darkness. I want to actually talk about the Pit Bitch more than the Pit Witch. I feel like the Pit Witch is what's more famous. This is, of course, when Ash gets thrown into the pit and has to contend with this these two deadites they've placed down there. The Pit Witch, I feel like, just as a term, as a sequence, is more iconic. She's the big bad of that scene. I actually think the secondary antagonist, where the after the Pit Witch has been dispatched, what's called the Pit Bitch emerges from the wall. And honestly, it's really just like a mask pretty much it's not it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's any complicated kind of special effect but the reason i love it so much 
is because it feels like something you would see at Halloween Horror Nights. So even mm-hmm. the way it emerges, it just like leaps out at you. And I mean, we always say this. I don't necessarily need it to look completely real or convincing. I just want it to look interesting and in the flesh. And I, I've just always remembered that scene from when I was a little kid. But Justin, what about you? Is the the pit bitch slash pit witch? Uh, I don't think it was on your list, but is it something that is memorable for you? Oh, it's a great sequence. That's a great sequence. It kind of sets the tone for the action and the comedy. For the rest of Army of Darkness, mm. you know what I mean, and I'm, I'm not surprised you feel that way, Dan, because you you definitely are the biggest creature feature head. What can I say? Probably all of us. That's you know? true. I, I do I do appreciate a good uh, good rubber mask. I really do. It, it's almost like the haunted mask from Goosebumps a little bit. It really it is. Uh, that was past actually my does time. look I don't like that. About that. I said yeah. that started to. Uh, starting off as a joke, but I'm like, no, it actually does kind of look like that. Ralph, and you're a bump's head, right? Goose head? I am, yeah. Welcome to Dead House. Mm. Certainly in mine. But I, I actually... Welcome to Evil Dead House. Evil Dead said. House. How about that? You know, welcome to the cabin, you know, where it's always knocking <laughs> before you get there. I, I almost had this on my list too. This was at number five for me before I realized I think I leaned a little too... I was really trying to chisel down at least one from Army of Darkness. Mm. And I, I certainly had a couple other ones that were on there too, but... In my initial list, I had like three Army of Darkness entries, which is funny because I think the one I, when I finally submitted, I only had one, which is weird. But Army of Darkness, just because I think the scope and the scale, it's what I just immediately went to. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I love this sequence. Like this sequence for me is, especially when you see it in theaters, it's just such a fun hero moment to watch. Like it is funny, but... Ash is, is great in this. Like, like when, it's almost like, I, I just imagine like in the early 90s when this came out and you know, diehard fans who had been waiting forever to to finally see this third entry, uh, especially after the promise of this the the ending of Evil Dead Two, mm. to get this sequence coming back, it, it's like, oh yeah, this is the hero that we that we knew, and he's so much better at his job now. <laughs> like, like he kills it in this scene. Literally kills two yeah. things. Literally, the yeah, putting twice. the uh, the arm in the chainsaw too. I feel like is very reminiscent of uh, Return of the Jedi with Luke Skywalker getting oh, the lightsaber. Totally, yeah, and Tatooine he, and all at the skiff. Yeah, huge, huge. Well, just hero the way. The Ramy films the whole thing too in such a limited space, and there's so much action shots. You know, just yeah. the the Three Stooges of it all with the, the beating up of the the what is it? Is it the she bitch? Is that what it is? So I I, I thought the the first one I thought was called the Pit Witch, like the woman who looks like a yeah, witch, right? And then the the creature I'm talking about, I, think, I looked online, it's called the Pit Bitch. I think oh, that's. I'm gonna. Yeah. I mean, it's just off the Evil Dead, like the uh, Deadite wiki. So that's uh, Mr. Pit Bitch to you. Yeah, head. someone's gonna someone's gonna shame me online for being insulting. Well, even as a set piece, you, you could all. I mean, they they pretty much is like signals like how big this movie is going to be just by mm-hmm. getting into the sequence. I mean, like the whole, you know, and Star Wars esque moment of it with the, like the walls coming in. I mean, we we just there's been some epic moments leading up to this, especially in Evil Dead Two. Uh, but this certainly signals that this ain't your grandpappy's de- evil dead. You know? uh, this is, <laughs> oh, here we go. This is something <laughs> this is a little new. Older brother's evil dead. Yeah, this isn't your older brother's evil dead. This is a little well, something I mean, on, new. On top of that, uncles, think about there, there are more people. There are more people watching Ash battle these demons than there were in the first two movies combined. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a yeah, good, that's a so really just good the, point. So just it just it's already establishing how much bigger it's going to be. Real quick question for both of you, just because we're early on before we move mm-hmm. on to the next effect. When you think, I mean, I think all three of these movies just excel at special effects and also have very different aesthetics for the effects that they're tackling, which makes sense given the tonal disparity between all the three movies. Do you have like an MVP movie, or I guess four movies because we're counting the remake too? Like, do you have a, like a style? I'm not even saying the best necessarily, but do you, does one movie have a style that you prefer over the others, Justin? I think. And I think we'll obviously be tackling this as we go into this movie, but I really do just find that first movie's special effects so charming, charmingly mm-hmm. DIY. But all three of them have their own quirks, right? But I think yeah. the first one for me, there is something about that go get them nature, do your best with what you've got that I can always appreciate in something like The Evil Dead. And I like to, in the first one, have everything's just kind of caked on. It's almost mm-hmm. like yeah. the Fulci thing, just, you know, they just, it's easier to add than subtract. I feel like it's mm-hmm. just slathered on there. What about you, Mike? Do you, of the four movies, do you have one whose special effects aesthetic you just value over the others? Oh, it's weird. I guess it probably is the first one just because I love how, I mean, the DIY nature of it that Justin mentioned is certainly, you know, a large component of that. But I also just love, this is going to sound ridiculous, but the early 80s, the late, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, there's something about the aesthetic. I don't know if it's just the colors or the technology that was around at the time, especially for low, you know, indie films and the, you know, budget horror films that we were seeing around that era, 
where it just looks so there's something entrancing about it. Like I just watch it and I'm just like, oh, like there's, it's like that familiarity, but yet I wasn't born at the time. (laughs) So it's just, there's something about it that is really comforting to me that I watch, like even though we're watching horrifying shit going down. But I I mean, in in terms of just the, the execution of it all, I mean, it's not my favorite, but I just, I mean, Evil Dead 2 is pretty remarkable for what they were able to do at that point. Like when you think about just the upgrade, it's pretty wild. And that, and and that's coming from someone who's, that's probably my least favorite of the, of the original trilogy. So, you know, I have my hats off to, you know, Greg Nicotero for what he was able to do at that point. And I, and I will say, I think I, I, at that, we, we talked to him about it, uh, you know, when he was at the creep show Mm. film festival here and for Justin, you we both were there. Yeah. Great, great guy. He stayed and actually watched all Creep Show. He didn't leave or anything. He actually he sat there and watched he's, the movie. He's a true blue fan. I love it. Yeah. But we asked him about it because I, I always thought that even the second one was kind of hell to make, though. Because the first one, obviously the first one was a fucking nightmare. But I just mm. always thought, even with, because I wasn't on that episode for research, but I'd still read the sections of it um, in the book. But I remember like thinking that like even the second one, despite having the, the budget and then the gym, it was still a fucking chore to make. And he was like, no, it was the most fun I ever had. And I was like, all right, well, there we go. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, and we, uh, we should... some rose scented glasses too, possibly too. Probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When you're young and messing around like that. Yeah. And we should say too, I felt bad because I said can be effects in my intro. And I, you know, I said Nicotero, Kurtzman, the other guy, which it's, it's Howard Berger. They're, they're all three equal partners in uh, this venture that they took on and created the effects for, for evil dead well, too. So now name the three tenors. Can you do it? Yeah. Uh, Pavarotti, Maestro, Placido Domingo. Domingo. I only know that name because of the the Sesame, Sesame Street, Street Placido Pl- Flamingo. Flamingo, yeah. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, How about that? Domingo Pavarotti. I don't know the other. Who's the third? Is it Seinfeld that has this joke, or it's like the who's the third one? I think it is. Or is it the Sopranos? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's Sopranos. I mean, do you know okay. the other one, Justin? I don't. I really don't. Yeah. No. No. It's a Ho- Howard Burger. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, give me uh, apologize, Mr. Berger. <laughs> You're multi-talented. Sorry. His name's almost like yours. You just got to switch the B and the G too, so well, you should remember him. I should. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we. I'm, I'm glad you both brought up the first movie because our next entry in the list is from the first movie, and this is one mm. of my individual picks. And to your point, Justin, about just the vast difference in scope between the original Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. This is one of the simplest effects. It only involves. Two, really only one person, kind of, and that's the pencil in the ankle um, yeah. in that first film. That has always stuck with me since I was a little kid, and the way they bend it, too. I think it's because mm. we see it go in, and then we cut away, and then we cut back to it, and we see them bending the pencil and just gouging the skin more. There's something, I don't know why, like, I'm always a sucker for realistic feeling it, uh, injuries on screen, and I, yeah. I think that's something I can imagine happening to me. But, uh, yeah, Mike, what are your feelings on that pencil? I know it wasn't on either of your lists, but uh, is that something that gets to you? It's pretty early on. Obviously, yeah. it pales in comparison to later effects. Well, it's stop motion in the way with just the design of, like, and especially with, like, the, the soundtrack that scores underneath it when it starts scattering around. There's just something that really gets under my skin and just about all of that where, first off, I mean, stop motion in itself is is terrifying for me. That's why I've never been able to finish a single Rankin-Bass movie. Oh really? Not even. Like oh yeah, a no. I, or, I, there's uh, something yeah. about it that just it's it's this weird sort of non uncanny valley because it doesn't look real most of the time. <laughs> but yeah. there's just something. But it it does take up space because it is real, and yeah, so real. it just it's something that that really it's it's like it's like almost like trypophobia for me, where it's just like I look at it <laughs> and I just want to scratch something or whatever. And especially in this case, because that coupled with the sound effect, it is like a sort of like nauseating experience watching that go down. Yeah, that, uh, also, too, shout out to Rankin Bass, man. Some of the, the scariest uh, TV villains I think I've ever encountered between the Bumble and Eon, the giant vulture, and Burgermeister and Meister Burger, I could go on and on. Um, that's well, to say Pit nothing of Pit Bitch as well. From Pit, yeah. yeah, it looks kind of like, like a Rankin Bass character. Oh, know what yeah. it looks like almost Pit Bitch is uh, a Bernie Wrightson drawing, which makes sense because yeah. they would all go on to do Creep Show, but that's what I'm yeah. reminded of. Uh, what about you, Justin? How do you feel about the uh, pencil in the an- ankle? I love it. I think it's twofold for me, though, because I remember first seeing this movie which I discussed was on, I think USA up all night. So it's, it's pretty edited, but not too edited where you don't see the pencil go into the ankle, which is still that visceral. Oh God. You know, but then shortly thereafter we rented it and obviously it's much more graphic and it goes on and on and they keep cutting back between it's Linda, right? Linda's eyes. I think so. Yeah. yeah, Linda's eyes to the ankle to the, 
And it is just, yeah, that kind of stuff bothers me. Like, I would rather watch somebody's head get chopped off than watch uh, somebody get stabbed in like that's the ankle the thing. Or like I, I mean, I guess bo- my a head broken could bone get, or something like that because that's so feasible. You know, that, my that head could, could get chopped off. Our heads could get chopped off, but we're much more likely yeah. to get stabbed by a pencil. I think. But yeah, um, the, one of the one of the least painful experiences is to have your head chopped off. Yeah, uh, probably true. Uh, there's a <laughs> yeah. uh, there was this professor I never had him at Florida State uh, named Robert Owen Butler, and I know he has a book called I think it's called Severance, actually predating the show. That is all for each chapter is from the perspective of a different historical head that had gotten cut off, like by the mm. guillotine in France. And it's, uh, That's cool. Because you have, don't you have like what, 10 seconds where you're still conscious or something like that? But that, I don't know. Well, how can you prove it? I know. That's why I wondered. <laughs> I guess you could monitor the. Uh, so I'm going to chop off your head, blink five <laughs> times, and when you stop blinking, we'll know you've lost consciousness. We know you can't feel it anymore. I just, I just Googled it. It's so from The Guardian. It says usually there is about four or five seconds of consciousness following the complete cessation of the circulation. So I wonder what that's like. It does it feel really peaceful? I mean, that we can't know, right? Does it, we can't ask anyone? Does it feel peaceful? Does it feel jarring, painful? Who knows? Well, we actually we could maybe we could maybe ask this uh, some of the fellows from this next sequence um, because they're <laughs> reanimated uh, to an extent. Uh, this is number eight. This is the skeleton fighting scene from Army of Darkness oh, or the yeah. skeleton oh, resurrection. Yeah. Justin, I'm going to pass it to you. This was uh, one of your picks. Yeah, because a lot of people always refer to this as like the Ray Harryhausen influence, and I think it's much more felt in Army of Darkness. But I forget it also happens at the end of Evil Dead 2 when, mm-hmm. when Ash fights Henrietta. But for me, it's the skeleton. It's when Evil Ash comes back after he's been burned, and it's just the skeleton with the eyeballs still intact, of course. And I just love the mix of not just the of Bruce Campbell in live action fighting in front of the screen with the stop-motion skeleton – but then cutting back to the practical, you know, skeleton moving its arms rapidly back and forth and just fighting off other people. Again, it's all charming to me. I just feel like it's a great callback and it's also just really funny at the same time. And it's, and it's as convincing as you can as you can be with that budget, I guess, in 1993. Do you think that this one gets the even, even though I agree, I, the Henrietta aesthetic is more similar mm-hmm. to Harryhausen. Do you think this gets associated with it because of Jason the Argonauts? Because Harryhausen did skeletons so much. That's what it is, right? I think that's exactly what yeah. it is. It's the skeleton aspect of it all, not some and, giant, gross, <laughs> yeah, long necked giraffe Henrietta. Oh and God! <laughs> do we know? Because Army of Darkness, from what I remember, has Tom Sullivan, who did the first Evil Dead, and um, some of Evil Dead too. Then Can Be, who of course did the majority of the work on Evil Dead Two, then Tony Gardner, who I think just did the makeup effects for Ash and Sheila. But who did? Because it lists out like, oh, th- these guys did, um, you know, animatronics. These guys did visual effects. These guys did prosthetics. Who did the claymation though? Do we do we know that? I don't know if you guys. That is about a good that. question, and I and I know that we went over that, and I think our two part episode of Army of Darkness. <laughs> so if you missed it. Everybody out there, I guarantee we discuss all of that. So but I can't. I don't remember exactly who was involved in that. But I think, like you said, I do know that K and B, obviously featuring Howard Berger, was definitely involved in the overall project. <laughs> that is true. Get I, 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 honestly, educated guess I'd probably say Tom Sullivan, just because he had been working mm. on the, the first two, and especially at the stop motion in that respect. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have to imagine that they were like. Hey, we got this all. You know, we got all the other big parts covered. Why don't you, you know, do this part that's pretty tedious and, you know, um, all throughout the <laughs> it's movie. Gonna, it's going to take months <laughs> like, to animate, like yeah, five yeah, seconds, exactly. or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 How do you like the uh, this effect, Mike? This was so. This is where it got difficult. Difficult, as the dentist says in uh, Haddonfield in, in Halloween too, nineteen eighty one. I couldn't fucking pick a skeleton battle. Like I watched all the clips again and then eventually <laughs> I was like, eh, I kind of want to watch this movie again. And I was like, no, let's not do that. It's three o'clock in the day. And I just couldn't pick one. And I figured that everyone else here would. So I, I literally took all my skeleton uh, ones out because I was like, I can't, I just can't pick a good one uh, because there's moments of throughout this whole film where they're just so fucking clever. And it, and some of it is so hokey that it's to the point, like, like, you know, especially towards the end when like someone gets exploded or whatever. I just, you know, I love that. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of left it off, but I, I mean, I adore all of that stuff in this movie. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, this is my second favorite of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just love this film. And I think that a lot of it is because so much of the make the makeup and effects that were, you know, paramount to the series from the get go are now used to the, to its advantage in being the joke. Like, you know, and it's, it's this weird sort of like snake eating uh, or chicken and the egg situation because, you know, they were so influenced by these movies and yet these movies 
now you know now it's almost like they're making a joke on those movies but at the same time they are the lead of these movies the same it's just mm. this interesting sort of thing um but i the skeletons of this movie are uh underrated so to speak and i i, I want to say um isn't uh uh, oh my God! Why am I? Uh, Bill Mosley, one of the the, the characters, or yeah, one of the he's, he's in there somewhere. He's okay. in there. Yeah, yeah. Very, he's all I mean, over the horror creative. genre, to say the least. Yeah, that I is mean, true. You bring up a good point. I don't think it's not. You know, if we're ranking the masks in Halloween, for instance, yeah, you know, there's gonna be some duds, right? I mean, that we, several we had, duds, why haven't we fact. done that episode? Yeah, no, we had, it's gonna have to come now. Yeah, stay tuned. some of their best ideas when recording. I know. We don't have a yeah. uh, we don't have a new Halloween movie this year, as far as I know. So we'll have to do that in its uh, in its place. But with the effects for all four of these movies, unless I'm forgetting something, I I don't think there's any that stand out. I was like, oh, that looks like complete shit. I mean, mainly because the first three movies are kind of this anything goes aesthetic, and then the fourth one was actually one of the few movies during that period to be still utilizing practical effects. Yeah, most of um, it is practical effects. A vast majority, from yeah. what I read about. And uh, and speaking of the fourth one, I shouldn't say the fourth ah, one. Well, it kind of is the fourth one, depending on Master Caffrey. Uh, that would be. Uh, we are at number seven now, and this is from the Evil Dead remake, Fetty Alvarez. This is the box cutter slicing open the tongue, and I'm going to hand mm. this to Mike uh, because you had this on here, and very rightfully so. Oh no, no, I, I didn't have the the box cutter. I had the. Oh, is um, that? Oh no, that. Oh wait, was that? Oh, I, I had thought, it on there. there I oh, maybe. I, sorry, I think Justo. I confused. I, I think I, uh, I I wrote down Mike, but I meant Justin clearly. I'm already fucking it up. Um, the Justin, <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, who who gives a shit? Cut, uh, Justin, cut. And I. Yeah, yeah, cut, <laughs> cut, the, cut the tongue. Justin, why don't you wax nostalgic? I mean, <laughs> slice <it> open tongue. <laughs> It's uh, it's simple, but what can I say? It really sticks out like that tongue. Uh, no pun intended, of course. I, I think the whole sequence is absolutely tongue disgusting because it starts off with with her, the sister. I keep, I always forget these people's names. Licking the leg of the would be victim before she approaches her, and then when the boxcar is is is, is jutting out at her, she grabs it fearlessly, and then it's just that slow cutting of the tongue, and it, it calls to mind. Lumberto Baba's demons to me, mm-hmm. that sequence with like the long tongue during the early transformation sequence. And I, I mean, I know there's far more, honestly, there's grosser moments, even with that box cutter and, you know, the marble from the bathtub and people's arms being sawed off. But there's something about that scene that is the iconic scene for me, at least when it comes to the the practical, simple special effects, it's still gross me out and, and pretty easy to do when you really think about it, but it just works really well. Yeah, it's no one I would venture to say. I mean, I, and as we know from the episode, I think all of us had this movie had really raised up in our rankings and our mm-hmm. just opinion in general. That being said, you know, if I'm forced to rank them, it's not my absolute favorite Evil Dead movie. At the same time, I feel like it it might be my favorite possession, though, if that makes sense. Like the way they showed the people getting possessed or turning into deadites in this. I actually think is just so unnerving, um, mm-hmm. usually because it's played for laughs in some of the other films. But and that that whole drawn out bathroom sequence, the tongue, all that stuff just ugh, really gets under my skin. I, I, it's not on here, but you mentioned the getting smashed with the toilet porcelain or the oh, floor God. or whatever. That's I mean, yeah. that there's something about that because I don't know when <laughs> bathroom stuff feels so heavy to me, just like when you mm-hmm. lift a toilet lid or like tile or, or whatever else. So I'm glad you, you brought well, that up. The good up. thing is we'll, a lot of us will be revisiting it yeah. on our Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Halloweenies pod. We'll be doing a live watch of. Fetty Alvarez's Evil Dead later this month. What, what if you're like, yeah, we're doing uh, Fetty Alvarez's Evil, and De- Evil Dead on Fortune and Glory, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Mike, how do you like feel? right in the I, middle of the, of the I, show. <laughs> I, know, I know you and I didn't have it on our list, Mike, but uh, how do you feel about the box cutter? Oh, it's great. I mean, this is such a gruesome fucking movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I said it on the episode that this is one that I don't like rewatching. And it doesn't, doesn't mean I don't like this movie. It just means that it's effective in that being really fucking disturbing and this is certainly one of the sequences i mean you mentioned you know the 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 porcelain but there's also just like the needles going into his eyes and all this other shit i mean it's just chaos at this point because this is certainly mirroring the moment where shit starts to unfold for you know the the fearsome four in the the original one the core four the core four when yeah <laughs> to, to borrow from scream six <laughs> when they're you know shit is going out with the with, going on with cheryl and then all of a sudden the other girlfriends you know possess it's just at that point you're like oh there's no turning back and then this is certainly that moment for them and they just throw it through the roof and and it's the box cutter at the end it's just like it's the cherry on top it's just like fuck <laughs> like this is just it's just such a 
chilling movie altogether and mm-hmm. which is hey which is what the original one was supposed to do for audiences back then you, it's it's thumbs up unpleasant yeah you know it's not like because other movies i can't i just can't watch because they're unpleasant in a bad way but this is just so effective that's what it really is there's also something about box cutters much like the pencil just in life mm-hmm. that really freaked me out because they look mm-hmm. so especially if it's one of the like thin ones you had in art class or whatever it looks so unthreatening when it's not when the blade's not out it's so easy to get the blade to pop out. I remember as a kid, I didn't know like what a box cutter was. I would see them on the table, but didn't know what you did with them. And I almost got freaked out when someone actually opened it. Cause I was like, Oh my God. And they're so fucking sharp too. They are. Yeah. And yeah. They, I, I'm trying to think like breaking bad this, what are some other, are there any other horror movies or just any movies or TV shows that utilize like a, a box cutter oh, death God. or box cutter injury? I know there we're forgetting something on. huge. I'm sure. I'm trying to think of a, anything we've covered that might have, I'm sure hasn't Chucky used a box cutter at some point? He had to. He has Probably, to yeah. Yeah, I think maybe in the third one or something. Yeah, I feel like yes. Yeah, Does Gone think, Girl have we'll one? We'll find out soon enough. Is Gone Girl one or isn't she one where she Are, uses uh, like is that Sharp what, Objects? She, I think she's cut. Doesn't she cut herself with a box cutter in Sharp Objects? Is that what's called Sharp Objects? Sharp Objects. I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's I think there's many I think that title has many reasons. It's like I, um, I, you know what one hmm. probably absolutely has one. It's because there's every sort of weapon is like green room. <laughs> I bet you somewhere in there there's like oh I think I do think up, green room has like one, uh, yeah I mean it the just arm is sticking out of the door oh, it's duct tape yeah. and ugh, nasty yeah. shit yeah I do love uh, I do love green room I keep. <laughs> That's I keep thinking the box cutter children instead of the boxcar children. It's like, be a, it's like the horror I version. I thinking book. about Tom DeLonge and Travis Travis Bickles or Travis. Oh, box cutter racer or movie box cutter or racer fucking band whatever they are. Isn't, that, isn't the last racer. song on that album like about a suicide or something? You know, so oh, it probably fit, it would fit. You know, um, <laughs> I think they all. I think I think I think after Adam's song, there was like a suicide. I mean, look, I, I'm not. I love Enemy of the State, but I think there was a. On all Blink One Eighty Two albums and Blink One Eighty Two adjacent albums, I think they all had a suicide song after. Yeah, it's uh, like hey, song. Know. Oh, yeah, it's it's in, with bonus track. It's called Box Cutter. Oh wow, I love that <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where uh, where where the band has the song that's the same title of the band, like Black Sabbath. You know, it's weird. It's the box. box well, isn't Bad race. Company have another one too? Um, they do. Company, yeah, of course. This, Stephen King quotes it in the uh, Last Dark Tower book. It's I was born with a. Bad company till the day, till the day I, I, die. I die was i was born with a six shooter in my hand or something like that i, I was know. born with a six <laughs> shooter in my hand <laughs> big uh oh i'm sorry big, that's uh rolling stones get no satisfaction i apologize <laughs> i'm not a big uh not a big bad company guy kind of a little lame to me yeah How many, so what those songs do they have again maybe we'll discuss that in a future episode Bad Company. I would get them in golden earring confused well oh, golden earring is a little bit cooler though they have yeah, that song at the beginning of Twilight Zone's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, is that the one in the beginning of Wayne's World? No, that's uh, the one that Rod Sterling created. It is true. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> no, what's the one in Wayne's World that's like... That's like, uh, Radar, Radar Love, Love, which is Radar a great Love. Yeah. Radar Love. Yeah. Excellent yeah. Song. Radar Love's good, but uh, gold, like when Golden Earring pops up in two great shows that are in the 80s, The Americans, which is the opening in a really cool scene when I think... Oh, is that when the, the, the bullet hits the bone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, it's, like, it's oh, just a, a perfect... A great song. It's a great opening for it. And then... Also in Red Oaks, which I also mentioned in Losers Club, but I'm going to keep mentioning it because it's a show that everyone slept on and it's fucking phenomenal and everyone should watch it. So that closes one of the episodes, I think, in maybe season two or season three. I can't remember. Mm. Well, uh, I've heard of Red Oaks, but what about a red hand? Specifically a hand that's getting cut off because it's possessed. Now, I, I hope... Justin, you did have this on your list, right? I'm not making... I did. did, Okay, all right. So I think I'm, I'm recalibrated now. Justin, this is Ash cutting off his own hand in Evil Dead 2. Very long sequence. Uh, why do you love it? Why did you pick it? And then Mike and I will share our thoughts on it. Well, I mean, I've just got not just the sequence of him cutting off his hand. It's just the hand itself. I mean, it's it, yeah. that that hand really does feel like a true character, much like New York does in a lot of the Woody Allen movies. Because it's not just a bit. You think it's just going to be a bit when it's it's running around initially, but then they do this great utilization of remote control, crew members acting as the hand and there's a little stop motion as well. But then every time you think it's gone, it comes back. Oh like yeah. When it it's holding keeps, hands. Yeah. I think this, the, the prop is holding hands with Bobby <laughs> Joe. They do that great cut to black, like an old fifties, you know, William Castle movie. And then you forget, you, you forget all about it again. And then it kills Annie. That's <laughs> true. And yeah. then you never see it again until the TV series, but uh, that's it. Yeah. I well, just and, think and I, it's such a great, I mean, that's the classic thing from the movie, I think, is that hand, too. And I think, too, it's also seamlessly blending with 
Bruce Campbell's performance and how he's mm-hmm. manipulating the hand before he even you know cuts it off. And it's interesting because when I think about these, a lot of other special effects uh, heavy movies, horror movies specifically, you know, you might have the shot where someone gets their brains blown out and it's, it clearly cuts to a dummy, you, you know, like even like in Dawn of the like, Dead. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Hands in his pocket. I don't, I don't hate that necessarily. That can be really fun too, but there's this element where you see this, the switch, right? You see the thing get swapped out for something yeah, else and it yeah. becomes comical. And, and Evil Dead could get away with something like that, right? But I, what I really admire is that all of this is seamlessly blended with Bruce Campbell's awesome performance in this movie. I still, I mean, mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2 is my favorite Evil Dead movie, and I think it's the one where I like Ash the most. I, I, it's my favorite performance from Bruce Campbell also. But uh, Mike, or, uh, what about you? Will you give this sequence a hand? <laughs> yeah, you know, I almost had it on there. Because, but then I I thought that it was more Bruce Campbell. So I was like, ah, maybe I'm, I'm overthinking this. But then I did forget that it, throughout the whole movie it does pop up and that is such a re- great recurring bit and, and then you know hearing you all talk about it it made me think like this is the better hand is it uh you know ash's hand or a thing from uh netflix's <laughs> the Ad- <laughs> netflix's wednesday <laughs> am i right um, not the not <laughs> the adams family specifically netflix's wednesday what is it the oh, thing I mean, in that I no i'm just joking even begin to um, tell you about wednesday literally because yeah. i've seen the show <laughs> you're, you're like you're, you're like yeah i hate the you know the thing in the 90s Adams family that no good that performance. no good no <laughs> like, although no hey good. honestly you, that, this, that, like, that this, like, is this is like that awful uh buzzfeed celeb instagram account would be like Who's the better? Who has the better dance? Yeah. Linda in Evil Dead Two or Jenna Ortega's <laughs> or Jenna, Wednesday in oh, Wednesday? You know, I think I got to go with Jenna Ortega on Wednesday because that dance is just something out of this world. <laughs> you know she was influenced by Susie and the and the Banshees. I can't yeah, this yeah. is unbelievable. You know what's funny is that this goes around and about because Susie and the Banshees is also, I believe, in Batman Returns soundtrack, which is a Tim Burton joint. So they've got uh, a variation of their song "Kiss Them for Me." Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, Nick Cave is on the Batman Forever soundtrack, or maybe Batman and Robin. Can't remember. Then you know he, he of course wrote Red Forever. Right Hand. Oh, how about that? We're all <laughs> Batman Evil Dead connections. Full circle. Thank but, you, uh, Batman. You know, look, you love, the, love the hand, and I love that it's the joke that keeps on giving. You mentioned it coming back in the TV show. I remember thinking that was just great, like because it would be just there. It'd just be hanging out. You know, now, I have to say there there must have been some restraint to not have it come back for the third movie, which they easily could have done, and they just don't do it. The hand yeah. is not in Elmer Darkness at all. That would be so funny if it was, if it did just pop up in the, like, the last act or something. Just, <laughs> like, we it see it, like, day. Yeah. <laughs> when they go into the vortex or whatever, yeah, we see yeah. it, like, just, like, oh, really God. quick hop after it or something like that. Or doing, yeah. like, doing, like, like uh, you know, it, like, all of a sudden you see a shadow, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God, and you think it's going to be this giant bat, and it turns around, and it's just the hand or whatever, and he wa- finally walks up to it and stomps on it or something. That's actually a really good bit. I feel like that's very much in the anarchic Looney Tunes kind of vein yeah. of uh, of Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Um, but let's get a little bit more serious, guys. And we're going to go forward in time once again to the 2013 remake. This is... Mia ripping her arm off, which we oh, mentioned. Yeah. Finale, also among this finale of Bloody Rain. And, oh, and I should say, too, so we're in the upper half now. We're in the top five. Everything from here on had at least two votes, and the top two had votes from all of us. But I'm going to pass this one to Mike. I know Mike put this on yeah, his I list. Did. Yeah, I did. This is this is uh, fairly high for me. I think this is at least – no, this is four. But, yeah, I mean, this was the first one I thought of when I you know came to the, the reimagining well just because they don't pull from the shot like it literally just keeps mm-hmm. showing the tendons coming undone her yanking it off i mean the blood in, is enough already just like the raining blood you think that's just already cool enough but the fact that they actually do it and they just stay on it is pretty says everything there is about this movie is mm-hmm. that like they're not just gonna they're not gonna let you get off the hook here? Like with you know with Evil Dead, they usually just cut to you know Ash's reaction or something. But no, you're gonna see her having to fucking rip it apart. It's actually like more jarring than say like 127 hours in that movie was making people fucking you know pass out and throw up in in the audience. Yeah, you know that's Still, not to I've, snub that. I've never that seen movie's that movie. pretty. It's pretty fucking harrowing of a movie. But this yeah. is certainly harrowing itself, and again speaks to the just brutality of this film. And I, I, I love it. I, I'm still kind of pissed that we never got Jane Levy to come back. Cause she's in this sequence alone. Like, like you're talking yeah. with Ash with the hand, like she fucking kills it here too. So I totally, yeah, I had this on my list as well. And I totally agree with the, how long we stay on this. And you mentioned green room before and both of those movies, I feel like, go okay, you want to see what it's like to 
sever or almost sever an arm in the case of green oh, room, we're going to show you what this really looks like and how long it would take and show the point where the limb just kind of goes limp and it's still hanging on there a little bit. It's so unnerving. I think too, when who's the guy directed green room and blue ruin and, uh, Jeremy. Solner. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, I know when they, we're raising funds for Blue Ruin, which is has a super low budget, but also has really good prosthetic gore effects. They said the same thing about the arrow, because I think in movies we see people get shot with arrows and they just pull them out or whatever. And his whole philosophy was, no, like what would, what would an arrow actually do when it goes into your leg and how hard would it be to get out? And it, I, He multiplies that tenfold in Green Room. And I think this sequence, even though it's an Evil Dead movie, which is known for the more over-the-top violence, the not-so-realistic violence, I feel like this, despite it raining blood, and her putting a chainsaw on it or whatever else like this feels yeah this feels like a real arm severing if, if that makes sense so yeah just really 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 effective uh what about you justin what are your thoughts on this? i agree i and i wonder because i watched it again i watched the unrated version and i do think that sequence that i saw has to be different from the theatrical version Oh, i'm sure yeah yeah i think so. and again you know you just gotta i think these days it's just so much easier to get these unrated movies in theaters if they really want to and just call them R. I really wonder if it would just been rated R if it was released today. You know, I feel like we've seen so much more graphic scenes, not just on in the movies, but on TV even. You know, but um, yeah, it's a oh, it's a gross. It's a, I, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. It's disgusting. I love it. It's, it's absolutely gross, and I hate again. It's the limbs thing. I can't stand watching that like the elongation of it all. Just chop off my head, you know. I'd rather have that happen than there was chop off my arm. I had Brawl in uh, Cell Block '99 or whatever on the mm. other day on like Pluto TV or something, and there's like a sequence where he's fighting a guard and he like breaks his arm or something like that in a Ugh. way that is so disturbing. I had never seen it like that done before, and I, I it like haunted me for the rest of the day. I was like, oh god, like what if that did Tell happen? Him, like the, the guy just passes out, like doesn't is not even too. like wither, you know, <laughs> ugh, disgusting. Broken bones. It's yeah. just I don't even want to deal with it. Yeah. That's like uh, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. So Flieger's dad is, uh, or was I think he's retired now, but he was a corrections officer in a you know, maximum security prison in Florida. <laughs> and he, the story always sticks with me. Some inmate was like I think trying to choke him or something, and he just took the guy's fingers and like spread like spread his oh. palm apart essentially. And and, that, and he had to to so he didn't get fucking killed. But I was just like, oh, even even though you easily that's not going to kill you. But that injury description is stuck with me. It's disgusting. Since yeah. I was a little kid, yeah. I'm going to pass out like this guy in Brawl and Sublock 99. Yeah. I mean, well, that same director that has a well, that same director has a very disturbing sequence that's similar to your story, Dan, but with another part of the body in a Bone Tomahawk. So, yeah, yeah. fun oh, wait, times. That's the director of Bone Tomahawk. That movie, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I, I've never. I, I don't even think I've heard of this movie. Is it? Good? Oh yeah, he's got that and dragged across concrete and. Um, yeah, he's working on something else. He's a very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. His Bone Tomahawk's fucking great. I mean, you guys covered it on this. I love love Bone Tomahawk. His next yeah, movie is just called like Kicked in the Nuts and Torn Apart. This yeah. <laughs> is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that is that is nasty. Well, hey, it's uh, it's gotten a little dark over here. I'm gonna lighten it up a little bit with this next sequence at the number four slot. I had this on there. I believe Mike had this on his list too. I don't know if I'm making this term up. I think this is colloquially, colloquially what it's known as the laughing shack, where the, the house starts going nuts and oh, evil dead so too. And oh, that's, yeah. so good. Is it called the laughing shack, or am I, am I making that up? I just call it uh, that scene in the cabin when everything starts to come to life. I, mean, I, don't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would refer to it as the laughing shack. But the la- is it, it, it is the laughing well. shack from well. like Looney Tunes or something? I feel like I, maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, um, it is the it laughing like, place from Splash Mountain. Oh, Rest yeah. We probably shouldn't dive into... Splash Mountain discourse, right? Uh, Let's just talk about Brer Ash well, Bo- instead. Brer Ash, yeah. Bre-Rash. Bojack Horseman has a laugh shack, and Wrigleyville has a shake shack. Uh, so and the that's- twos have a love shack. Yes. So here we are. And uh, Weezer goes back to the shack on uh, <laughs> what I think is their best modern day or contemporary album. Well, uh, and oh, then, God. I think you said that was their best song on the album, I thought. No, oh worst God. song on the album. Maybe the worst song good. on the album. It's good to release your worst song as the single because then. You're, you're right. Yeah. You're, well, both coasts had Shaq. Uh, if you're you know, considering Miami and Orlando and Los Angeles, all right, I'm good. <laughs> and even Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix. Well, either way, yeah, this is as as Justin said, the scene where the house gets possessed and everything starts laughing. And the whole sequence is great. The thing 
I would actually argue this image is the one that stuck with me the most from any Evil Dead movie since I was a kid. It's the deer head laughing. Mm-hmm. There's something oh, yeah. so the gross eyes. about that to me. The way its eyes are kind of milky <laughs> and how it looks so... I mean, you get a dead-eyed deer, essentially, which uh, that, that specifically has re- always unnerved me. But, Mike, what about you? Because you had this on your list as well. Yeah, this is... I mean, when I think of Evil Dead 2, this is the scene I think of. I know the chainsaw and Groovy and, you know, Workshed, that whole sequence is just iconic. But this is where I, I, I'll, I'll never forget the follow-up and just watching it from the first one and being like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. And now I know what they're doing with this. Like, it's, it's, a, it's comedy. But at the same time, like, there is something really disturbing about it. Like, it is that just unnerving look of the deer. And um, it's funny because this, this, this also always reminds, reminds me of another sequel, which is Pet Cemetery 2. And there's like a, re- <laughs> a weird sequence where uh, Anthony Edwards of Zodiac fame and Miracle Mile fame, also ER, he's in the also in ER. of the nerds. Yeah, also is he, ER. uh, top, is he in Top Gun? Admiration and in Top Gun, yeah. yeah. He's Goose. Like Goose, Goose. His son's yeah. played by Miles Teller from Whiplash. He's basically going into another person's office and he has like all these like taxidermy heads all over the place. And for some reason, it just at the end of the scene, it just zooms in. Like the guy starts laughing and then it zooms in on all the heads that are in the room. And I remember seeing that as a kid being like really chilled and scared by that, like thinking that all the heads are coming to life in that moment, but they're not. They're just staring at him. But this head does come to life in Evil Dead 2. And I think that mixed together might be one of the reasons why I think it's kind of scary even though it's pretty funny i mean i even the fucking lamp oh, yeah. is laughing at him which and then he and starts the, making the, he freezes and they time it's uh, so funny it's so you know, good like, it's just great yeah yeah they, wait wait what what movie did you say just now was were you referencing with the pet cemetery the too yeah I, I don't remember that at all yeah, it's, it's a it's weird a, scene it's so strange it makes no sense either like it's like why are you zooming into all these heads it's so stupid but, pet cemetery 2 is not good but it has these it has like a handful of just really off kilter sequences like the potato like getting killed by a truckload of potatoes is really unsettling to me the motorcycle wheel motorcycle in the face Mm. with clint wheel in the face with clancy around it's it's almost like if the rest of the movie around that the non-horror sequences had committed to that kind of weirdness you'd almost have like a kind of david lynch thing i know he gets overly compared to everyone but it's it's so weird it's like when the horror sequences happen they feel like bonkers in a way they're that the surreal rest of the film yeah i mean yeah, especially the ending the ending it. is insane like or the ending the opening and the ending are very it's like feels like they're cut from the same cloth of like new nightmare like yeah it's no just, the, it's the, so with the strange. effects going crazy and the yeah. meta element yeah it's so weird i wish the rest of the movie lived up to it because i do think it has vision weirdly but yeah, yeah definitely not on the level of pet cemetery one uh, justin what about you with the uh yeah the no, I think it's awful. I think it's stupid. Shake shack. Um, no, I think it's no. It's, it's a classic scene. What else makes it unsettling? I think is is what Raimi does with the footage because then the 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 footage kind of shrinks and kind of closes in on itself and then stretches back out when it's like going up to the rafters and looking around and it's unnerving. But I just love and again, it's all tangible, right? It's all really happening in frame, which I think is just always adds to it for me. And that Mike, you mentioned the lamp laughing and then they both freeze. Yeah. And then they both laugh at the same time. It's just funny, goofy stuff. And then he hears somebody come to the door and it breaks and he shoots. It's it's just great. I love it. It would be funny if they do that scene in a Shake Shack in some modern horror movie, but it's like mm. the uh, the Shake Machines going, you know, they're just spewing out milk in the, in the shape of smiles and we're getting uh, maybe some relish on the burgers. Oh, a nice. Grin on there. And yeah, Looks like someone's a little hungry uh, for some mm. Shake Shack tonight. I got some, uh, here, I'll I do could a little, order some little ASMR in the microphone. I some Twizzlers. Oh, some Twizzlers. Right yeah, I might have to get some Twizzlers a, in a little bit tonight. Yeah. Are those the gross break. Twizzlers, Dan, or are those just the regular Twizzlers? Just regular Twizzlers. Not, not the sweet and sour ones that I love, I love. like the Play-Doh? Oh, oh I like the. I actually like I love those. I love the different colored ones. So gross. Disgusting. They smell like children's toys. I know. That's maybe why I love them so much. God. <laughs> There's also we. I was hoping for red vines, season one red vines, but uh, it's kind of red so, vines. Yeah. Give me. I used to live off of Twizzlers, so um, yeah. you know, in high school, that was all I, I ate when I was working at um, this Mexican restaurant, and I'd get to naturally. My car. I mean, Mexican restaurants are known for their Twizzlers. <laughs> well, I, I was working as a busboy, and I I had the night shift hashtag Stephen King, and I would just go back to my car on my smoke breaks, and I'd have a cigarette, and I'd be like, ah, I had a gross taste in my mouth, so I just grab a Twizzler because I'd have them from like I guess when I went to blockbuster i would always grab twizzlers when i go to yeah. blockbuster so mm, yeah, yeah the whole summer all i had was just twizzlers for dinner and that's probably how Sounds i good, lost though. weight but yeah it was good when was i twizzler uh, diet. when i worked at the newport ritchie blockbuster <laughs> twizzler on, uh, diet. on old 54 they when you had to refill the candy shelf they go oh hey here's the candy keys and you go in this oh. room and unlock this big big room of candy 
And there's tons of candy in there, but it always smelled like butter from the popcorn and Twizzlers, weirdly. Oh, my was, God. Those were, like, the two smells that over... It wasn't bad, necessarily, but, um, yeah, just a strange strange combination. Well, when you when you were on your way there, <laughs> were they were they ever, like... When you opened the door, it started playing uh, my, one of my favorite songs off of Darkness at the Edge of Town, uh, Candy's Ooh. Room. Oh, okay. oh, hey. Saw Bruce Springsteen play that just two nights ago. It was oh, interesting. Yeah. I what love song? it, too, because Lifter Polar, which is the Hold Steady's first band, they have a song that they just call Candy's Room because it has the same symbol rush in the Meet beginning. Me in Candy's Room. <laughs> which is, it starts off, it starts off like sounding like Candy's Room, which is like the. But then Craig Finn just comes in going, Baby, have you heard about the nightclub? It sounds nothing like Candy's Room. I always thought that was kind of funny. You know what was also funny? It was when like Craig Finn used to like sing on the mic and then he'd go off the mic and go, I, I, I don't know what he's hot. You know? I, I love that live. It's, it's so great. Cool, I, I haven't seen him I in so seen long. I haven't seen him live in so long. No. I saw them uh, last year live. He, he still does that. Happy oh, I to love report. it. Yeah, I saw New album Brooklyn either Bowl. just came out or is coming out this month, I believe. It uh, just came out uh, for this past Friday. I still need to listen to it. Um, well, if, past- if you got your bingo card out... <laughs> This is when we talk about hold steady. I'm trying to think of a good. I'm trying to think of a good transition or transition that has to do with the hold steady. Mm. Let, let, well, let's see. Uh, nah, I, you know, it was something well, else. Well, speaking could, of holding steady, what's the next? <laughs> what's the next one? I, I could have. I could have. If we were talking about deadites or something, I could have gone. Oh, this is hold how daddy. resurrection. How re- resurrection really feels. Uh, or, but I, but I can't because well, this does kind of have to do with that. It's, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm talking in circles at this point. The next one, our number three slot, Mike and Justin, you both had this on your list, is the finale of the first one, mm. book burning, friends melting, stay positive. God damn it. I, I know. I, <laughs> I'm still trying to do I knew he was going to stick. My hold steady knowledge runs so deep. Yeah. So deep. I know all their songs. I, yeah. I should be able to. It's something obvious with something. that you're, yeah. you're forgetting, I think. Listeners, this is literally the best way you could ever know who Dan Caffrey is, is because I'm watching him do introduce this next, you know, th- this next effect that we're doing. And you couldn't even finish it before you go, God damn it, I need to figure out this hold steady thing. Because you're so, because I know that in your head right now, that's taking up 80% of your, your thinking oh, yeah. right now. It's like. It, it's. It's going to be like the thing where you got into a, an argument with someone, and then you, later on you feel bad yeah. about your performance. The jerk like, I should have said this to them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Parking lot logic. Yeah, the jerk store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to think of the perfect hold steady transition later. Maybe we only have two after this, so maybe I'll I'll get there with these other two. But we'll see. Justo, I'm going to pass this one to you to start us off. Uh, finale of Evil Dead One. What do you want well, to say Dan, about it? Well, I talk it? about. I need you to look up the lyrics to the Swish by Hold Steady, and I think there's some mention of uh, stop motion in there, or, or at least motion. Oh, is there? I know. Or they maybe mentioned... even just stop, and that would have helped you out a little bit. I know they mentioned uh, you know, Rick Danko, uh, who was in that song, uh, who was in the band, and the band of course, of course the band. Re- recorded at a uh, secluded house and. Uh, in, well, in the Catskills, and speaking of secluded like, houses, though I will say this, this finale takes place in a, a secluded <laughs> exactly. cabin, which is a house. Um, there we go, we did it. I, I, I mean, what can I say about this sequence? I mean, this is again, this calls back to the do the do it yourself aesthetic of it all. It's unnerving because once they become, once Cheryl and and, and company become the the, the stop motion. They immediately they look different. They look off immediately. They look a little thicker, and then the different use of colors when they start to break apart, it becomes much more vibrant. Because the movie, for the most part, is really just red and white and brown. That's the entire movie, and all these other colors enter the picture when everything starts to kind of rot around them. I think they use, I think they use like old mashed potatoes, and they said that the set smelled absolutely awful when they were filming that. And then, of course, the hand, the real physical hand bursting through Cheryl near the end of it. And then you've got the book coming to life as well in the fireplace. It's just with stop motion. I don't know. The whole sequence is just it's a great way to end the movie. I think there's no coming back from that scene. It has to be the end. It almost goes into like Pee Wee's Playhouse mode. Yeah, (laughs) that's really freaky. That's good. Yeah. And I think I know it's funny because I think sometimes about the stop motion at the end of the thing, which I don't mind. But it does feel at odds with the rest of the movie because the rest of the aesthetic is so different. And as we know, that was kind of a last-minute substitute for mm-hmm. how they really wanted to do it. Evil Dead, however, I think because they're just turning to every trick in the book for all the special effects, especially in that first movie, it really does work. And it suddenly feels like the apex of everything we've seen 
mm. up until that point. Uh, Mike, what about you? Because he also, I, I really didn't put this on my list. Yeah, I just had five other ones that I liked more. But yeah, Mike, what about you? It's it's exactly what Justin said, where it's just, this is the finale. There's nowhere to go from there. But I put up high and I had it in my number one because yeah. if I'm their age and coming out of high school or coming out of college and making this movie, there is no way in hell I'm dreaming the sort of heights that they ha- they achieve here. Mm. Like, there's just no way. I mean, it's like it still looks good. I mean, granted, I'm sure if you show it to you know a bunch of kids today, they'd be like, "This is fucking stupid," or like you know, it'd look ridiculous. But I, I actually <laughs> don't think that. I think that people would still kind of marvel at it because it's for for one, it's very unnerving. Just because, as you're mentioning, the 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 distortion of what the body has become at that point. For them, it's like a point of no return. I mean, that's that's honestly what they used to subvert in the new one in 2013. New one, it's 10 years old today. <laughs> but th- they do that because at, when you see Mia like start harming herself and basically disfiguring herself, you th- think based on what we've seen from the original one, especially how far show goes and how far they melt and how disgusting it is and their bodies just become nothing, you don't anticipate that she's going to be actually come back and become the hero. And... I feel it's all indebted to like just how disturbingly degraded the bodies get in this movie. And it all goes back to this. And to me, like I know we've seen some incredible effects over the years with with this franchise, especially in the TV show and, you know, in in terms of what they've been able to upgrade from the past, but this is still just a marvel. Like even if I was surrounded by artists coming out of Columbia College right now here in Chicago, I don't know we'd be able to achieve this, and especially with the, the amount of uh, resources that they had to use in that time. So I was yep, gonna say because they have arguably so much more now. I mean, we we probably have better cameras in our pockets, right? Than yeah, they did at this time. I, I, Bill I Tippett could that. never. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. I'm kidding. Did, he could do Yoda Mad God. the same year, yeah. but no. Mad God. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. I thought Mad yeah. God was great. Did you guys watch it? I still haven't seen it. it. Yeah. That's, that's, great, that's a movie I can never watch, so are you kidding me? Like that's Oh, yeah. oh dude, your tryptophobia would be yeah. like, like just, just it's the whole, the whole movie's kind of tripped falling into holes to be yeah. honest. Oh, so. gross. Fuck yeah, that. It would, uh, <laughs> no get bad. All right, okay. We're moving on now to number two. This uh this next choice is one for the cutters because you know, it's uh, I've got a lot of old friends that are getting back together uh, in life. But in this instance, these are friends that are coming apart because it's the splitting of the ashes there. I got two hold steady puns. In there. I was just going to say, yeah, one for the cutters and a, a line from stay positive. Oh, and we should say, too, so that, yeah, these top two, we all three of us had us on. There. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Good, good, good. Splitting, splitting of the ashes, ashes, clones, whatever you want to call it. Mike, why don't you take this one? This is from Army of Darkness. This is just fun. I mean, I it, it's <laughs> yeah. like even watching it again. This is this is probably my favorite sequence in Army of Darkness, just because it feels because the windmill in this sense is the cabin, right? Like it, it's the stand-in yeah. for the cabin, even the way that he has to run back to it. But I was rewatching like the, the the clip yesterday. I still don't really know how they did it. I mean, like there's a lot of the the, the big small stuff that the Gulliver's travels of it all. Where you can obviously see where they did the, the you know the green screen and the blue screen and stuff, but it's like when the mirror breaks and then they all hop out at once. Like it's just so creative, it's so great. It's very it's like music video esque, but like God, it's fucking cool. And and the 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 the, the lengths they go <laughs> to stretch these effects in this one sequence, it's it's phenomenal. And again, it's like they're like, all right, Bruce, you did the whole sequence where you cut your hand off and in, in two. And we ran you through the ringer, literally, by you know flipping yourself and hitting yourself and yada yada yada. We're gonna do that, but there's gonna be you know dozens of you, and um, we're gonna involve hot water and uh, also a double. It's just fucking crazy. Like the the amount of stuff that they they threw all the spaghetti on the wall and they just let it hang, and I love it. So I mean, this is just phenomenal, just phenomenal, and it still looks good. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Would you guys say that? I- even from just seeing, I remember every comic book I bought around the time this movie came out had an ad in the back, had the poster for Army of Darkness. And, you know, you see the little ashes on there with the forks. And I feel like this is the sequence and the imagery that I most associate with Army of Darkness, even though they're, maybe they're more famous scenes. I don't know. But uh, Justin, would you say that? Would you say that this is the, if you had to pick one iconic thing from Army of Darkness? Well, I mean, for the comic sequence. book comparison, I think I was already reading Philip Roth's Portnoy's Complaint. I don't <laughs> think I was. It's good. I, hey, was I was living Portnoy's Complaint. You, you plebeians out That's there. Actually, no. actually, living Portnoy's Complaint's not a compliment to anyone, No, you don't want to so. live. You do not want to live <laughs> yeah. Portnoy's Complaint. Uh, great joke at the end of it, though. <laughs> that's true yeah what I, what I think about with this sequence especially when it you think it's over with when he you know swallows all the little evil ashes 
But then there's that rapid fire use of special effects where he sees the eye in the shoulder yes. yeah. blinking at him. And a split second later, it's already got to the point where there's a he's he's got the evil ash coming out of him, but it's this great dummy of Bruce Campbell. But he's still doing all the physical stuff, punching himself, punching the dummy. And then the next shot on top of that is the green screen split screen of him, you know, looking at himself and then poking himself in the eye. I mean, look, I'm explaining all this. Folks, you got to go on YouTube.com and look for Ash versus Ash. And the whole sequence is up there for you. But it's just that it's the rapid fire. You know, I mean, think about how long did it take for him to create that prosthetic eye? And it's in the movie for, what, three seconds? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a little stuff like that that adds up. That's why it's so memorable over time. Yeah, it really is like this battle royale of spe- all the special effects I feel like we've seen in this series mm-hmm. up to that point. Well, hey, speaking of battle royale, we are at our number one slot. There can only be one winner. I think this, I I have to be honest, I didn't write down where in your list you guys had it, but all three of us had this on our list. So this and the Ash clones obviously gets they get those top two spots, but we're at the number one spot. You know, in this sequence, this character, uh, she's insatiable but she still looks incredible on that first night where ash has to fight her first (laughs) night as is the henrietta reveal in evil dead 2 uh justin you just grace us with your your uh dulcet tones why don't you take and start off us off on this one uh, why you you picked it was this i have your guys individual rankings and i use them to tabulate this was this your number one though I'm, i'm trying to see this was in i kind of had this i kind of cheated and had this with the harryhausen effects because it, because it culminates in that. Much like Ash splitting the ashes, I split that number so we, we'd get to but, our 10. I mean, you want to talk about that's that stop motion is just, I just love it. Again, it's it's the tangible nature of it all, right? I mean, because you could do that cleaner with, with CGI. I mean, I'm sure it would look awesome. They more or less did that for the Ash vs. Evil Dead series, as a matter of fact. But there is something about that nostalgia factor of it just... It looks like it's being molded before your your before mm. your eyes by some unseen force into this true nature of the demon that is Henrietta at this point, and and then everything that happens after that is just comic gold for me. Yeah, it does keep. I honestly, feel like all the Evil Dead movies and any good horror movie you want to do this right. It's just, it just is this escalation. Like everything just keeps one up in whatever came mm-hmm. before, and this is. Uh, I mean, we just talked about the. Evil, the splitting scene in Army Darkness, but I feel like this is Evil Dead 2's version of that, just in terms mm-hmm. of scope and how it keeps stacking up. Mike, what about you? It's that monkey business, you know, like hearing the chimp, you know, sound effect <laughs> when uh, it starts expanding. And it's like, rah, rah, rah. it's just so <laughs> gross. Like everything yeah. about it is just, it's just, you know, aesthetic hell. Because the whole time you're just watching this thing growing and contorting. And then you have this like cacophony of noise that doesn't seem to work. Like it's just this weird marriage that is just, uh, it's the most bizarre marriage. Uh, you know, it's, and so I, I don't know for me, even rewatching the clip, I, I just was like cackling at just, they, they really were just like, all right, what, what else can we add to this? You know, like what is some weird shit that we could throw left field in it? And I, I just could not stop laughing out the monkey like uh, sound effect. Cause it makes no sense. Like there's <laughs> so no it. reason so why it should be there, but it's there. And it adds so much. Uh, like for some reason, I'm just like, that made me think of like the, the smell like the, the rancid smell that was in like a King Kong ride. So just imagining like Henrietta smells like <laughs> the shit banana for some breath. reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, the, all of it is just, it's, it's like this beautiful, disaster on screen and it makes you laugh even further because you just know it's like ted ramey in there and he said it smelled so bad he said it was just a fucking hell and i don't know it's it's just (laughs) it's it's telling why they kept bringing henrietta back i mean i think Mm -hmm. i want to say she comes back at least once in in the series and i want to say maybe it's another a a second time i can't remember it's been a while since i rewatched the series but it's a reason and she's henrietta's is almost as i would say what the top five evil dead characters if you think about it yeah i mean other than i would say you could argue like linda and evil dead 2 which is also stop motion yeah and i will say then after she does that ballet you know i'm convinced that she was a damn good dancer but she wasn't all that great of a girlfriend i mean uh, oh definitely not a good yeah definitely not uh, not all that strict of a christian either she's a demon at that point um although i guess demons would have to be believe in christianity by their very nature how close was that cabin to the mississippi (laughs) river where is it michigan is it supposed to be michigan yeah i think it's it's not that close right Do you Dome think, that, like, you know, at the end of Evil Dead 2, 
when the cabin gets warped off into you know that that huge vortex at the end if anyone who had rented you know the, the, let's say that there was somebody that was supposed to come in that next weekend right mm. i guess they would be able to go in the cabin they'd have to you know hang out in the chill out tent you know what i mean uh. like <laughs> <laughs> chill out tent. Chill out tent. I know, now we're rolling with it, man. We had such a hard hey, time coming up with them a, a little while no ago. Bad. But we've gotten to the end of the episode, and you've, you've gotten just a barrage of hold steady puns in the, the last 10 minutes or so. So you're welcome. That's what we get on the Halloweenies podcast. <laughs> Deadites, that is our, that those are our top 10 effects. But um, it's funny because even mentioning the Linda claymation, I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, I know. I, I, just, I was always thinking, Tim. There's like, a lot. You can't go but wrong. Unfortunately, like I said, these are the definitive top ten. This is it. I don't want to hear anybody over. else's opinions. You know, <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> all three seasons of the show. Yeah. Don't, don't sorry, comment yeah, on all the other effects and all the other performances. Evil Dead Rise, you didn't make it. We didn't see no. you. You didn't have it. Don't don't comment on social with your top ten because we already did it. No, I'm kidding. Please yeah. do comment with your top ten. Let us know in Discord as well. Uh, Mike, before we sign off, what do we have coming up on the Halloweenies? Oh my God! Uh, well, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead Rise, uh, which is continuing our Evil Dead month. We got, as Justin mentioned, we have a rewatch of Evil Dead 2013 that we're going to be doing a watch along on. I believe that's on Monday, April 17th. And uh, to join, you have to to join us, as we say, uh, you have to uh, join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Halloweenies Pod. And the good news about that is that in addition to joining the watch along with us, you'll have. I don't know, hundreds of hours worth of content that's like one-offs of pretty much every movie. Many movies we mentioned on this very episode today. You mentioned Nightbreed. You mentioned uh, Bone Tomahawk. I'm sure somewhere in there I mentioned, uh, you know, The Changeling. I, if uh, I didn't, I usually <laughs> do. So <laughs> that's there too. New Nightmare. You know, New Nightmare Saw. Like we have all this shit in there. Not to mention commentaries and our first spinoff series, Fortune and Glory, which is our Indiana Jones series. And we have two episodes that equate to about five hours on Raiders of Lost Ark. And God knows mm. how much we're going to record this month for Temple of Doom. So busy times, busy times. And look, if you're a Patreon, you want to, you know, throw some bones and request a Craigcast to hold the Hold Steady podcast spinoff. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll be there for Craig you. Cast. Yeah, <laughs> what if that's our follow-up Craig to Indiana Cast. Jones? It's like, hey, you know what? It's a... Uh, you know, we talk about Weezer a lot, but we really had a lot of fun talking about Hold Steady in that, that episode. So we're going to dedicate, uh, you know, five you could months to it. honestly have a whole podcast dedicated to a Hold Steady song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some other references. I mean, they you get talked about the about Swish. Throw. They referenced the band. The they Swish, referenced Steve especially Perry. the Swish. They referenced Tuscan Raiders. They actually have a book coming out. Actually, that is called How a Resurrection Really Feels. That's an oral history of the band that I'm really excited about. It's not about, about. Halloween Resurrection? No. <laughs> oh, God. Look, look, all this crossover potential just at our fingertips mm, right here. Can't wait. All right. Well, uh, I'd say we have to close up the shop for the night. Our technicians have, we've successfully created all the effects that you've just heard about. And we just, we even had time to discuss them. We sat here and discussed how great our own effects are. So until next time, won't you join Join us? Join us. In the Mississippi River. This is the end of our show, for now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>